Because this belief system has been imposed upon you from the outside, it can also be modified by the decree of whoever is currently influencing your thoughts. In other words, our diverse and flexible consciences have been molded by the fears, praise, admonitions, and promised rewards or threatened punishments to be administered either now or later by those generations who have come before us. And so, in order to attempt to soothe the consciences of those who, in their fear, seek to control others, each new generation is instructed, even by the famous cartoon character Jiminy Cricket, to let your conscience be your guide. Because millions of previous cultures, societies, religions, rulers, leaders, and teachers, and parents, too, have been attempting to pass most of their belief systems on to the newest generation, we find ourselves sharing a world in which there is a wide range of conflicting opinions, as well as violent warfare, relative to whose conscience we should allow ourselves to be guided by. In other words, which thoughts, which beliefs, or conscience should be your guide as to that which is right or wrong for you? So, would this not be an appropriate question to ask yourself? Whose thoughts, beliefs, or ingrained conscience should be my guide as to what's right for me? Well, this book, with its subtitle, Let Your Feelings Be Your Guide, is being given to you in answer to that specific question. If my purpose is to discover ways to improve the way I feel, and if my thoughts equal my beliefs, equal my feelings, and thereby equal my experience, and if I can, by the law of attraction, the essence of that which is likened to itself is drawn, change my experience by changing my thoughts, then how can I ascertain which of my thoughts or beliefs will ultimately attract that which will ultimately please me? This book is unique in many respects, but mainly in that it was written to answer that very question, and the answer in brief is, I'll let my feelings be my guide. This work has been written in answer to your asking for more. It's not about trying to fix or save a world that doesn't want or need to be fixed or saved. It isn't broken. These teachings of Abraham are simply about you continuing to create the joyous, fulfilling life that you've intended to create, while allowing all others to create as they intend. You, no matter how wonderful you now feel, you want more. Regardless of how good you feel, you want to feel better. That's the mantra of the ever-expanding universe. More, more, more. More expansion, more expression, more exposure, more desire, more life. Our planet Earth is populated by billions of us, each asking for an improved life, each asking for a way to feel better than we're now feeling. You and I, individually, have the option in every moment to allow ourselves to receive the well-being that's natural to us or to resist it. And, in like manner, the billions of others who are also asking for more have that same option. And while there's nothing that we can desire that our abundant, unlimited universe doesn't have the capacity to give, we cannot receive that which we do not allow. This book is meant to stand on its own as another comprehensive volume of the teachings of Abraham. However, it does rest firmly on the shoulders of the accumulated answers to the thousands of questions that so many of us have been asking of Abraham since they began communication with us in 1985. So, who is Abraham? I would describe them as an ineffable, non-physical phenomenon. I experience them as a group of extremely wise and unconditionally loving teachers of practical uses of the natural laws of the universe. I've described them as the purest form of love I have ever encountered. Abraham, in some manner, projects blocks of thought, not words, that Esther, my wife, somehow receives, similar to a radio receiver, in answer to our questions. 
They never impose themselves on us. They only come when asked for. Much as an interpreter might translate a Spanish conversation into English, thought for thought, but not word for word, Esther instantly converts the nonverbal thoughts projected by Abraham into English, Esther's native language. And while I don't understand precisely how Esther is able to do that, I do know that for more than 20 years I have loved every minute of it, because not only has it been personally fulfilling, but I have also had the ongoing pleasure of witnessing Abraham's value to the thousands of you who have been asking the questions that they have been answering. At the heart of these teachings, from the beginning of our interaction with them was Abraham's discussion of the universal law of attraction. If you'd like a wealth of free information regarding the law of attraction or the teachings of Abraham, visit our interactive website at www.abraham-hicks.com. In 1985, as this phenomenon began, I asked Abraham for the laws of the universe by which we could most naturally live our lives as opposed to...